I'm here for uh, kind of a hybrid. It's a talking politics. It's a chat with Sean Diller. Uh, Sean, thanks for for hanging out uh, with me after the live stream. Been a long night. Totally. It's an hour earlier for me, so I can never really complain. That's true. That's true. That's like the only hiccup we ever have in scheduling. And like the number of times that we put central in our like, <laughs> just to make sure like we're not confusing the time right <laughs> Things. it's like it's the one time central. we don't do that we're gonna screw it up right but we always put it yeah <laughs> yeah i've never put like hey can we do that uh mountain time like i've never asked you to do a mountain time <laughs> no no and in phoenix uh, they're on pacific time because they don't do daylight savings time even though they would be in mountain time it's wacky arizona but right now they're on mountain standard time which is Pacific Daylight Time. People from Phoenix are Phoenicians. Um, <laughs> um, so, so this is, uh, if you're here and you're expecting a bunch of breakdown from the Tuesday primary in Missouri and Michigan and Arizona, we're uh, not going to get much. We're going to give you a little bit here at the, t- at the top of it, and then I'm going to encourage you. I'll put the link in the show notes, and I'm going to encourage you to go over to YouTube. There's a link on our Twitter as well that's pinned to the top of the page. Uh, we did a live stream last night. Uh, Sean and Rachel and myself and uh, Lindsay Simmons, good friend of the pod, uh, came on to join us and we did a live breakdown. We were literally pulling results off the internet, throwing questions at each other. We had audience questions coming off of YouTube. First time we've done it, had a great time doing it. Uh, really enjoyed it. If you were there last night with us, Thank you so much, and uh, you know, tell your friends, tell tell your friends how much fun it is to to watch the Heartland Pod. Uh, you'd think after doing live national television that doing a live stream to our audience on YouTube would have been a breeze and not stressful at all. But what did you think about it? I thought it was, uh, it, you know, once we got into the groove, it felt good, kind of like being on on C-SPAN, really. From that standpoint, it was almost easier than C-SPAN. Yeah, you. Definitely, uh, you feel the difference while you're while you're doing it. That's for sure. My heart was pounding before we went on to C-SPAN. <laughs> yeah. So, well, on C-SPAN, like yeah. we couldn't see anybody. Right. Like that all of us weird. were just looking into a camera, just like God. I hope I don't look like a fucking lunatic. Like right. Looking, trying to look at the camera that I couldn't even see because the brightest light in the world was at my like eleven o'clock. <laughs> Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've I've added that now. Now that we're doing video stuff, I now have a light uh, in front of me. I bought a square. It's not a ring. It's a square. Uh, so I have I have LEDs above me and an LED in front of me, and I feel a little ridiculous um, about the amount. Uh, I, I got a new webcam, and I put these lights in front of me. Um, but you know, that's the price of fashion, baby. You gotta. <laughs> got to go. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I can understand why you would feel ridiculous if it's 11 o'clock at night, pitch dark in Warrensburg. And yet you're this little room in your basement is lit up like a grow operation. Right. Uh (laughs) That honestly, it's so bright and it's probably probably sucks so much energy in this room that like if they're doing infrared flyovers, they're probably like, (laughs) we got to watch this guy. (laughs) Cause if you're in that field behind your house, well, I would also be watching. (laughs) And I've got like, like in the door, I mean, you've seen the door on this room where I do this recording, like it's That's like right. hermetically sealed and, and, and there's no climate control in this room. Like I don't have a vent or anything. So when I close that door to record, 
Like it's uncomfortable in here. Right. Right. <laughs> in, in the wintertime, I keep a blanket and a hoodie in here. And in the summertime, I walk out of this room and I'm like Will Ferrell in that SNL sketch where he comes out as a grown man <laughs> <laughs> covered in. It was hot. Yeah, it was hot there. <laughs> The mustache. Every time I walk out of here, I'm just like, man, it was hot in there. I think it every single time, like without without joke. Um, So anyway, let's let's do a quick recap. Uh, Lucas Kuntz uh, lost. Trudy Bush Valentine won. Spencer Toter was not the spoiler that some people thought he was. Uh, The Republican side in Missouri, Eric Schmidt, uh, blew the doors off uh, of of everybody. Uh, I feel pretty good uh, about my Patreon article. Uh, I had Eric Schmidt as the clear favorite in that uh, with Greitens as the dark horse. And I had uh, Trudy Bush Valentine and Lucas Kuntz very close uh, in that race. And so, and I said, I, you know, wasn't a hundred percent confident in that outcome. Uh, so I feel pretty good about the predictions there. Um, what, Outside of Missouri, Sean, what are the things that you were watching that just to give folks a quick recap, like what was important that wasn't a Missouri issue? Yeah, totally. So in Kansas, that was the biggest thing that I was thinking about because it really, really affects people's lives. Um, Kansas has had, I think it was since 1969, they had had a constitutional guarantee that women in Kansas have the right to an abortion up to 22 weeks. And because of that, as other states like Missouri and Oklahoma and others have banned abortions and gotten more restrictive, Kansas has actually been a really important haven for women needing reproductive health care. And so after Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, actually before this happened, before Mm -hmm. Roe was overturned, this amendment- In anticipation- Right, right. This amendment was slated for the August ballot, and it was asking Kansans to say yes if they want to get rid of a constitutional right to abortion. So that was the yes vote. And then a no vote would say, no, let's continue having a statewide right to abortion. And the last I looked, I saw two polls in a row about a week apart, and uh, the no vote to keep a right to an abortion was down by three points. So and it's they ended up win winning by two to one. Yeah, they won by 20 points or more. Yeah. So just a huge, huge win and hopefully a huge signal that people are really, really fired up about having the right to access abortion because the significance in Kansas, specifically when it comes to Sharice David's seat right. in the general election. And Laura Kelly. And, right, right. Absolutely. Uh, Governor Laura Kelly's up for a reelection and you know, just because Kansans decided not to get rid of their statewide right to an abortion, the fact does remain that we don't have a federal right to abortion in this country because the Supreme Court struck it down. There is not a federal law guaranteeing the right to an abortion. And so if Republicans federally decide that they want to change things and ban abortions, then even this hard work that happened in Kansas would would evaporate. So Everyone needs to keep up the energy. This is just a, a small victory that has to be protected. And, you know, hopefully there's no loss in energy, um, you know, between now and the general election. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a big, big, big deal. Um, and then in, down in Arizona, it looks like Blake Masters is going to face off against 
Mark Kelly. Uh, we will definitely be talking about that race on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. For sure. I, I think that'll be a great opportunity to see how voters probably aren't as stupid as some of the ad buyers are probably going to be treating them. You know, mm-hmm. people know who Mark Kelly is. He's an astronaut. <laughs> and, um, and he's also a senator. Right. Right. He's a current he's a senator. senator. Right. He's taken an oath to defend the Constitution more than once. And I think the people of Arizona probably understand that he means it. Meanwhile, Blake Masters is going to have an insane amount of money. He's going to have a fired up MAGA, you know, base behind him. But I can't imagine swing voters thinking, you know, what we need is this, you know, complete extremist who wants to ban an abortion and kind of just hand over all the laws to the billionaires. He's he's a billionaire sponsored candidate. He is absolutely, you know, more so than probably most Republicans, definitely there for the billionaires. And there's I would have to imagine I'd love to talk to some folks in Arizona because I would have to imagine that the 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 lawsuits and the 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 audit, like all the bullshit that happened there. There's got to be like a sliver, you know, that like five to 10 percent of Republicans that are just like, no, no, we're done with this bullshit. We're not going to vote for this guy. We're not doing the election denial shit. We're not doing the big lie. We're either we're staying home or we're going to vote for the astronaut who's already the senator uh, who we like just fine. And it's Arizona, right, where John McCain Right, it's John was elected over and over and over again. Where Kristen Cinema was elected, she was rose through the Green Party to eventually become a senator. Like it's a weird fucking state, like when it comes to that stuff. Uh, yeah. I do want to jump up north um, to a place where people move from to go to Arizona and retire in Michigan. Uh, they had a race there, a primary race for governor uh, on the GOP side. And Tudor Dixon uh, has won that primary. Tudor Dixon is right off of a Fox News panel. I mean, she is like plucked right out of Newsmax all the way. Uh, It is absolutely wild. Absolutely wild. Um, She's a CPAC speaker. She's a Trump-endorsed candidate. Uh, and she's going to face off against Gretchen Whitmer. And it's one of these times where, like, she she even, like, she doesn't, quote, unquote, look like Gretchen Whitmer, but kind of, like, just enough that it's going to be, like, okay, what are we picking between here? And, you know, that stuff matters in politics. It just does. Like, people can try to say it doesn't, but it matters. Right. Yeah, she's a mom. She has four girls, I'm reading. Um, and... She's a breast cancer survivor. She's pitching herself as a businesswoman, building a career in Michigan steel industry. So I don't know how nutty she is. Hopefully the nuttier, the better, because Michigan, of course, is a state that Trump won in 2016, Mm -hmm. that Joe Biden had to flip in order to retake the presidency. And, uh, you know, Gretchen Whitmer has been the focus of a ton of the poisonous hate coming out of the MAGA crowd. So hopefully she can hang on there because it's going to be a swing state in 2024 as well. So if we have a governor, we've seen how important all of these, you know, from the governor to the secretary of state to all the state legislators, they're all extremely pivotal in a state's successful, uh, you know, selection of their electors. And 
us getting a president. So let's uh, let's shift gears here just a little bit. I want to I want to talk uh, and and take a step back to 2020. Um, we we talked about on the live stream about how you know what we're doing here at the Heartland Pod that this is not you know we're not done right. This primary is over with, and here we are right the next day, and here's a new show. And we'll have a show on Thursday. We'll have a show on Friday, and we'll be back on Monday with our talking politics as usual. Um, we're not going anywhere. We're long term. We're bigger than a candidate. We're bigger than a primary. We're bigger than a cycle. Um, let's 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 fill. Let's give some folks some fill in. Like I feel like we probably got some new folks. We definitely have some folks in the last six months or so who maybe haven't you know aren't familiar with how did we how the where the hell did we come from? How the hell did we get here? Who are these people? Why am I here listening to them? And why are they talking to me? So um, I'll just tee it up with. Uh, for folks who who don't know the backstory at all, Sean and I uh, met each other uh, many years ago. I think that's an appropriate word to use now. It's more than our, twenty years. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, messed yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, it's getting yeah, it's gross. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, and we were in eighth grade, and we both played the trumpet. And he moved to town, and he sat next to me, and uh, he he thought. He laughed and I laughed and that was that. That was the end of it. Uh, we we've been friends ever since. And um, so anyway, Sean Sean did a career change. We both we we went to school together and then we uh, no longer went to school together. And then we went our separate ways for a little bit. We both wound up going to law school. Uh, and Sean wound up uh, going a different career path and made a change and got into politics and and take it from there. Like how the hell you know how did we get here? Yeah, totally. So yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy to think back. I mean, I was so stunned by Trump winning in 2016 that, you know, I just did not I didn't know what to do. I had um I had worked on as a as a lowly door knocker, a canvasser, and then a canvas director running campaign offices for the Democratic National Committee in 2008 when Barack Obama ran for president and won. And, um, you know, that's where I really learned about grassroots organizing and campaigns in a really nitty gritty sense. In um, in college, I got a political science degree. I became more progressive as I just really read like sociology articles and started looking at the numbers behind like what's happening in this country. And yeah, I minored in sociology and it was just like, Oh, well, I'm definitely a progressive. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, you know, I grew up working class, you know, my mom's parents were tenant farmers. And, you know, when I started hearing kind of as I got into my 20s and 30s, you know, when I hear more conservative people say, you know, well, you know, I work hard, I should have all this money. If someone wants more money, they should work harder. And I was thinking of my 75 year old grandma who's been dead now for a while, but she was mopping floors. Yeah. She was mopping floors and scrubbing toilets when she was 75 because she only had an eighth grade education because she grew up in the middle of nowhere. It was, and she was really smart and really hard worker. And so that's, I think, you know, once you learn about the sociological (laughs) ladder, what's that? Once you learn the sociological ladder, like once you learn about that and like the, like basically it's all a bell curve and it's all standard deviations. And it's like, if your parents, like if you're, if both of your parents were a teacher, then statistically speaking, you'll be a right. principal or you'll be a substitute. 
but like right. you probably will land somewhere within the realm of where they are. You're not going to be the dean of Harvard Law School, right? Probably. And it, like it's it's why the American dream is such bullshit because like Barack Obama is Barack Obama because he's Barack Obama, not because <laughs> not because that's how it works. Like right. that's one in a three hundred million type scenario, right? Like you you and I are very good examples of. Uh, you know, both of us probably, I, I definitely, like, there's no question about it. Like, my parents were 100% working class. They did not go to college. Uh, you know, I can distinctly remember my dad working, you know, hourly jobs where he drove the the heating and air conditioning van home. He sold Coligan water systems, right, at one point. Like, that's what our household was. My mom was a paraprofessional for a short period of time with the school district when we were old enough. So statistically speaking, um, from a sociological ladder standpoint, right, I shouldn't be a lawyer. I shouldn't have gone to law school. I'm not supposed to have done that statistically. And yet here I am, right? Um, and, and it's amazing what it does to your politics. But anyway, that's, we're way off the – Yeah, is, no. But this is what Sean and I do, by the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, you know, mobility and the American dream is everything. You know, I don't think it's bullshit, but I think it's like something we have to fight for or we're going to lose it. And like, I'm just not uh, ignorant of the immense amount of luck and privilege that, you know, some some of us have and some of us don't. And so, you know, that's where I come to politics. When this guy Trump came on, you know, he clearly was against everything I stood for and was going to hurt people that I cared about. And so. I quit my job. I was a technology recruiter. Most of my clients were hedge funds um, and I worked with software developers and I lived in New York City and, um, you know, Barack Obama was president and, uh, you know, we were uh, getting rid of don't ask, don't tell. And we were, you know, passing universal health care or trying to anyway. And I thought right. everything was groovy. And um, but then anyway, all that changed. Obviously, 2018, I worked on a congressional campaign in Missouri. And then um, 2019 and 2020, getting us to the start of the podcast was really about getting at some of the barriers that we saw for progressive candidates and for progressive ideas. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so we just started, you know, anything worth doing is is, you know, going to take some time. And so we just started. We just figured what the hell. Let's start talking. Um, you know, Adam is a small town trial lawyer. We're both parents we're both husbands we're both sons and uh we've both dealt with uh, it'd be weird if we weren't both sons wouldn't it yeah there's a really great <laughs> rihanna song uh where there's a line like anyway uh he, he could have been somebody's son um it's like uh, every he is somebody's son but anyway um yeah so trying to change the conversation trying to lift up candidates who have a tough road in front of them and also give tips and you know, hope to people trying to make a difference in their communities. Yeah. Yeah. Sean came, uh, we, we have joked, we, we, we both, you know, we both enjoyed the West wing as a show. Uh, and, and to be clear for anybody who's yelling right now, uh, yes, we know that it's fake. We know that that's not how the <laughs> government works. Uh, we know that it's fiction, but it's still enjoyable. You know, it's an enjoyable I can dream universe. of having an assistant like Donna yes. or Margaret. And no one can stop me. I literally so. <laughs> told uh, I hired a new assistant recently and I asked her in the interview if she watched West Wing. <laughs> and she was like, well, my parents watched it some. And then I was like, fuck, I'm old. I'll take and it. Then she was like, <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, 
you might watch a few episodes. I'm I'm really looking for Adana. I'll be very honest with you. Um, <laughs> not that I need to yell at you, like I, not like that. Just like oh. I need somebody who every once in a while is smarter than me. Just like for right. you know, just for a short period of time, every once in a while, I need somebody to be like, you need to eat, or or a Mrs. Landingham, right? Somebody who can right. just walk up and say, you need to eat a banana, and I can say, what the hell are you talking about? And they can say, you're. You're in a bad mood because you eat a banana. You're cranky. You're a baby. Right. Yeah. I need that. Like I need. <laughs> I need that in my day. So, uh, yeah. So, West Wing, West Wing uh, and we've t- we've joked about right. Like, who are we? You know, Josh and Sam and and Toby, and you're definitely like. I don't think there's a question. Anybody who listens who has listened to this show knows Sean is definitely, definitely, definitely Josh. Like there's, it's not, it's, it's not even close. And I'm this like weird hybrid of Sam and Toby with like the, the speech writer, but I'm far too cantankerous and you know, I I don't have the boyish good looks of Rob Lowe. So, um, and I like cigars and bourbon. So that makes me more of a Toby. The mix. Yeah. But we've joked about like one day Sean is going to show up. Uh, and he's going to show up with his backpack on and he's going to be covered in rain and he's just going to smile and I'm going to walk out of my office and that's that's it. And we're going to go and, and do the campaign for the for the right candidate. And this was kind of that. Sean, he pitched this idea to me about uh, uh, maybe a nonprofit and this was how we would do it. And uh, we're going to do a kickoff campaign. We're going to do this big event and let's write a speech. And so I wrote him a speech and we worked together on it and he rehearsed it and he came to my house and we went over it and we hung out. And then Sean left to go to Columbia, Missouri to, to do the campaign at the kickoff event. And uh, the NBA shut down. Right. Yeah. It was like March 12th, I think 2020, as I was like coming East on I 70 hitting like the stadium Boulevard, exit and i was kind of waiting for someone to call me and tell me i needed to cancel this event the first event we well i guess it was the second we had one at a civil life brewery the right. fall before um right you had done something already but this was like the like yeah the big like this was kind of it that was yeah the civil life one was really a practice event which i'm so glad we had it because it was great and then we didn't get to have another one for yeah like and you years. it was like you're like texting me like what do you think and i was like yeah bro i'm not think i'm gonna come right like <laughs> <laughs> yeah and yeah but, and it just didn't go anywhere and then we just kind of sat on it and uh, a couple of months went by and sh- i think you were the one who brought up wanting to do a video right at first right yeah, like working on campaigns, I'm just always so cognizant of everything that's like not getting done because there's so much that's not getting done. And right. every campaign knows they could be doing more video. Right. <laughs> Why? Because it's super fucking hard. Mm-hmm. Um, you need someone to get in front of the camera. You need a camera. Um, and it you only lighting gets worse as we've there. discussed. Right. <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, we made a five minute video. Actually, I forgot to record. I didn't hit record on myself. So it was just you talking about the uh, right. Elida Cruson, how she had It was the Mark McCloskey. Protesters. Speaking right. of the Missouri Senate race that just happened, it was Mark McCloskey holding his guns and Lida Cruson doxing the protesters walking in St. Louis. Right, right. Yeah, and we stitched together like a five-minute YouTube video. It took 10 hours or more. Uh- <laughs> That's, yeah, anybody who – if you've never it's, – it's a good exercise – if you're ever like, I don't understand why people don't do more video. Why don't they? Why don't those guys do more video? Record yourself on your phone for five minutes, and then watch it, 
and then decide if you like it. And if you don't do it again and then put it into an editing software, then put some graphics on it and edit out the parts you don't like, then make sure you're happy with it. Then render that motherfucker up to the internet and you'll be like, all right, the video's done. I've only wasted five hours on this two hour, two minute video. And now I'm ready to put it on the internet. And then you hit upload and it's like, that'll be four hours. (laughs) (laughs) Upload this video. So that's why, that's why most of what we do is audio because it's a lot less work. It's a lot easier to do, to be nimble with. Like we, we are able to do this very quickly. Uh, when we have something, you know, Monday we did the, the emergency, uh, Rachel and I recorded the thing about the Eric endorsement, uh, it's just still just so fucking funny. So funny. That he, that he did that. God damn. It's funny. And so uh, I guess Trump's pick one, I guess he was just hired of he hearing was ne- that. You know, he was never going to be wrong. Yeah. yeah, he was never going to be wrong by picking Eric. I just uh, and I wish I wish you had been there for that because you could have backed me up on my Billy Madison. Uh, oh man, <laughs> Eric! <laughs> Give me the company to Eric. But uh, <laughs> I, I was just thinking of Seinfeld. You mentioned recently the episode "The Fire," where uh, oh yeah, <laughs> runs out. Yeah, and uh, and he was feuding with Eric the Clown. Eric the Clown. Um, Right. Yes, You're that would have been a good answer. Hung up on a clown from the '60s, man. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so anyway, so we did the first video, and uh, I think we did a couple of videos. And Sean wore, Sean wore a suit jacket, uh, and we were very serious. And right. I was like, "This is not going to work, man." <laughs> <laughs> right. It's too much. Yeah, <laughs> it was just way too much work. So I, uh, it was July 17th or something like that. I don't remember. It was after July 4th. And it was just one of those times where like I do this. It's the same reason we had a live stream tonight where like I get, I have just enough of the, I'm not, I'm not like bipolar. Uh, I don't think, but I do have manic. I, I absolutely have like creative manic moments. And I just had one of those moments where I was just like, I need this is what I and I saw. Like I saw the vision. I saw the show. It all just kind of came together in my head of like, this is what we've been talking about. I'm just going to start doing it and it's going to work. And so I just recorded for like 20 minutes. I didn't have anything in front of me. I just started talking into a microphone for like 20 minutes, recorded it, put it out. That was the first episode called Progress is on the Ballot. And we went from there and it just kind of spun up. And our buddy Zach, Zach Schwartz, uh, joined us and did several episodes. And he did like six months of episodes with us. Right. Um, and then he, um, you know, I don't know if he specifically parlayed his time on the podcast into his first legit professor job down in Yeah, Georgia, it's clear that the, the podcast was what landed that for him. It's I very clear. So. At so. least helped him like work out some of the stuff. I'm sure. Didn't hurt. Yeah, it didn't hurt. So yeah, Zach went off and he's a professor now, and uh, which is funny because we always joked about him be, that he was a professor, but he wasn't when he was on the show yet. Yeah. Like he wasn't actually, but uh, now he is. And uh, we got our another old uh, high school mate, Kevin Smith, to join us to do the flyer review on Fridays. Uh, and then we, you know, we get the message from Rachel, and we bring her in. And Nicholas had joined us in the same process, uh, and then Christine joins Nicholas, and it's just this snowball just going down the hill. And it was like January 2021, I said like, yeah, we'll see how it's going. And I kind of told, I promised myself, I was like, if if this is, you know, a thousand downloads a month and that's it and that's all we're doing and nobody's really tuning in, 
Like we're not, I'm not going to keep spending my time doing this. We're going to figure something else to do with my time. And then it went up and it went up and it went up and it went up and it kept going up. And then the calendar changed to 2022 and you guys out there, something happened. I don't know uh, what happened, but holy shit. Uh, yeah. Holy I mean, shit. One thing that happened, like I said about how I went into politics, you know, uh, professionally, I quit my job. So I'm a political consultant with a team called Fired Up Campaigns, and we've worked on a bunch of Missouri races, um, several Colorado races. We're working right now with a woman who's running for mayor of Providence, Rhode Island. And um, so doing all that kind of stuff. And then the the podcast really just, um, it just exploded. It was kind of like just on the back burner in my head. And then, uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. So then, so we're always reaching out to candidates saying, hey, you know, you're great. I know you've got an election coming up. You should think about hiring fired up campaigns. And uh, so Scott Sifton uh, was one of the folks that I tried many times to get him to hire us and uh, never even got back to me. He just blew me off. But then uh, the Heartland pod reached out and asked mm-hmm. him to come on the show to talk about a campaign he was running. And um, how, how quick did it? Did he get back pretty quick? He pretty quick. Show, right? He came yeah. on the show. He got back pretty quick. He came on the show, gave a good interview. And uh, yeah, yeah. That, that was that was the like crazy part was yeah. like people just kept saying yes right 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 in uh you know i have i don't have a ton of connections in this world uh but i use the the very few that i have to get uh uh to get into contact with jason kander uh and he said yes and he could have easily just said i don't know who the fuck you are uh and he said yes and he came on he's very gracious he gave me an hour and it was really cool um, and even that, like, I thought, okay, we're gonna have Jason Keener on this things going to take off. No, that isn't what like, that's not what did it, by the way, it went it up by the it. same rate. It had been going up. Yeah, it, <laughs> it didn't make a di- goddamn difference. Uh, like we didn't get any extra downloads off of it, like maybe like 20, like not enough to matter. It just kept it was just it was this natural progression of people just sharing it with friends and globbing on and and joining us and uh you know at some point i don't remember when that phrase came in but that changed the conversation phrase like it just really encapsulates i think what we've talked about and what we want to do and and what i think we can do um but it's you know it's not us right it's we we are going to help it the process and we'll be here as like a hub. Um, that's that's kind of what I try to think about this. This because it's not this show. I say this show a lot. This feed, right? We're a family of shows. We have so many different shows on the feed uh, between the talking politics on Mondays, the chats on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You with the High Country on most Wednesdays. Nicholas and Christina uh, with the Delta on the other Wednesdays, and Kevin on Fridays with the Flyover View. Like. We have a whole family of podcasts and a family of people doing this together, and it it only works because of the folks who are listening and saying to their friends, "You've got to check out the Harlem Pod." Like that—that's what it's about. That's what it's all about. I'm just gonna say because I'm noticing it that we're um, we're reminding me of like an NPR pledge drive. So I'm just gonna get in a, a plug. Go ahead and give. Give now. <laughs> Yeah. You know what? That's fair. You know, I, I put it in a lot of shows. It's just like a quick thing, but, but honestly, uh, subscribe, right? Go to wherever you get your podcast and subscribe, uh, rate it, all that stuff, rate it, review it, all that stuff, put it on your social media, 
right? Post it on your social media. Hey, check out this show. I really like it. I think you guys should check it out. And you can give like that. The number one thing is like, we're not here to ask for money. We're not here to make a living doing this. Sean is a campaign consultant. I am a lawyer. Rachel is a marketing person. Kevin has his own job. Nicholas has his own job. Christina has like, this is not our job. We do this because we believe in it. We do it because we, we think it's important. Uh, we do it not just for us. And that's really important about it. And so you can go to our Patreon. You can go to heartlandpod.com. You can go to our Patreon page through a link there. Or you can go to patreon.com and sign up. And you can support us. And for 2 bucks a month, which is $24 a year, which is even less than NPR is asking for, by the way, um, you can sign up. And there's extra stuff over there if you sign up. There's access to things. We're doing these live streams now. So there's, there's extra there's, – there's more than just – it's more than just putting money in our in our coffer to help us by lighting for videos and uh, you know by subscriptions to services so that we can have these video services and these recording services uh, you know and, and buy equipment to do live shows and uh, you know and and pay for folks to help us produce shows and and have it wouldn't take a whole lot to take this to the next level to pay for some advertising to you know to really push this. Um, and that's all we use that money for. Like Sean and Rachel and I are the actual owners of the business behind it, right? Midmat Media that I is at the end of every show. We're the actual owners of the business behind this. Uh, we've put more money in uh, than we've taken out because we've taken out a grand total of zero. None, right? None. Yeah, there yeah. haven't been any dividends unless I missed the uh, <laughs> the quarterly the, the quarterly report. Yeah, <laughs> right. no, our business meetings are basically like. Do we need to put more money in or do we have enough to pay for the things that we need to pay for? Uh, and right now, that's what where we're at is like we have exactly enough to basically pay for the things that make the show happen. And so everything above that is is all that we'd be getting from folks signing up and signing on. And uh, and it's it's so cool. Every time we get a new one, I get an email and I'm just like blown away. I'm blown away every time. And if you if you're on Patreon and you've gotten the messages those are not canned messages. I type every single one of those individually because I really like, and I know I'm speaking for Sean and Rachel when I say it because all of us feel that way when somebody signs up uh, to be to be a member. And I share it. I share it in Slack, and I'm just like, oh my god, you guys! Somebody totally signed up. I can't believe it. It's awesome. It's awesome. What? Uh, anything else you want to tell folks about the, the behind the scenes, uh, the pod? What's going on? Well. I mean, now we've just got a general election in front of us. And so, you know, I work with Trish Gunby. She um, is running for Congress. We had a primary that, um, you know, is now in the rearview mirror. And so Ann Wagner is the Republican who holds that seat. She has millions of dollars. She has some of the, you know, big dark money groups behind her. And uh, so, you know, really, I think in every two year cycle, you know, 80% of that time is actually a primary, right? Um, you know, it's Democrats talking to Democrats, Republicans talking to Republicans, rhino hunting, you know, and uh, like now we have a really unique chance to, you know, not not do the work of the Democrats, but help help people who have been disillusioned by both parties to see how they can raise their voice and yeah. make an impact and um, and not get um completely left behind because if you don't vote you don't have a say 
Well said. We'll leave it there. And uh, thanks for sticking around late tonight and uh, earlier for you than for me, but late nonetheless. I appreciate it, man. Good to talk. Yeah, my pleasure. The Heartland Pod is a production of Midmap Media, LLC. Follow us on Twitter with at the Heartland Pod. With email, you can reach us, heartlandpod2020 at gmail.com, online with heartlandpod.com, subscribe, and please sign up for our Patreon with patreon.com slash heartlandpod. Become a podhead or an official podgressive today and unlock all of our content. See you at the next show.